Thanks for checking out this message from City on a Hill Church International. For ways to connect and get involved in the life of our church, please go to our website, coah.co.za. So thank you everyone for braving the cold weather. You know, Tyron Daniel says that you will prioritize what is important. And you are here today because you prioritized this session, uh, not because of the people on the stage, but you've already heard what the content is, and you want to hear what God is saying to you in this time and season. So welcome, and uh, you will have the opportunity to ask questions at the end of the show, so please write down your questions. Don't be shy. I know there's already a couple of people that's asking questions, so don't be shy. Put your hand up at the end you will be given the opportunity to ask your questions based on the content that's going to be discussed today. So let's start this evening with Gareth and Ainsley. I just would like you to please share with us what is your heart behind the Equip and Empower? Yeah, um, just something that's really on our hearts is for a platform to serve the city so that Sunday nights wouldn't just be for us as a church, for City on a Hill, but that it would be a place where people from various churches can come and that we can present different courses um, that would equip them and that would, if they're needing healing in different areas, that they would be able to come and we would be able to give them tools that are biblical or and um, that tools that that would help them to overcome different areas. And so, yeah, that's really the heart be behind Sunday evenings. We um, are wanting people that are wanting to grow in their knowledge of the word to have that opportunity. If there's emotional healing that is needed, that there's an opportunity for that. Or, um, and then the other track, we'll, we'll also discuss that. So, yeah, that's the heart. <laughs> so you briefly touched on some of the tracks. You want to just break it down who's doing what session, and if you can just, yeah? Yeah, okay, so we've got Malcolm, who, who has a master's in theology, and he'll be sharing the um, biblical track. We're going to be studying the book of Romans, and um, yeah, just a chapter-by-chapter chapter, um, study of that book, and then we've got Daphne, who will be Cookie. doing us, oh, Daphne, sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry, Cookie. <laughs> We've got Cookie that um, will be sharing on uh, doing a six-week course on depression. Um, Cookie works into, she does prison, min prison ministry and work, does, works with the rehabilitation of prisoners. And so she has worked in this area. And so her course, I think, would be very helpful. So you can invite people that are struggling in this area to this course. And then Murdoch and Cherie, the third, the third track that we're going to be doing is focusing on family. And so what I would love for us to do is just to look at what is family? What does the Bible actually say about family? How do we parent teens? Um, I would even, if I can, <laughs> I would even like somebody to share about Labola. Why Labola? <laughs> why, why, why the white wedding? Why we spend stuff like that? So if you're wanting that, please send us your questions. We'd love to find people that can share in those areas. Awesome. Thank you. Now, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So today I want to say thank you from us for creating this platform to empower people using the, the, the ready tools that's in your, your quiver 
to empower and equip people so that they have an understanding. So from my side, Gavin Ainsley, and I think from the church as well, thank you very much for creating a platform. I think it's so integral, integral in this, in a, this age where there's so much information going out there that you just bring the word back into people's lives. So thank you for that. So my first question tonight is for not Daphne, but Cookie. <laughs> You know, I'm going to tease you the whole night, Ainsley. <laughs> so, you know, I, I look at the Word of God, uh, Cookie, and the Word of God speaks of a lot of, uh, you know, a number of prophets that went through a very morbid time. If I look at Elijah after Jezebel pursued him, he went to almost like a state of depression. You know, he was quiet. He was, uh, I wrote out some of the things they said. He said he felt hopeless. He felt alone. He felt afraid, his self-esteem was low. So on the onset, I went to maybe remove this taboo where it says that Christians don't struggle with depression. So Christians, it's, it's real. So my question to you, Cookie, is seeing that you're presenting on depression, who would you say would be the target market? That's, this is a double battle question, okay? So who would be the target group and would it benefit someone who's not suffering from depression? Okay, good afternoon, family. Thanks, Daphne. Um, <laughs> it's really a privilege and an honor um, to, to work with um, these, these tracks that we're running. And um, I'm really excited about uh, running the depression track. Um, Daphne, anybody can attend this uh, session. It doesn't matter your age or whether you're educated or not, um, whether you're suffering with depression or not. Um, everybody or anyone can attend this course. And wh what's important is that if you're a parent, it's a must. Be there. Uh, if, you, if you're working in an environment where you're working with children, it's a must. Um, if, you, if, you, if you're in a work environment, if you're a manager, if you're a leader, then definitely attend the session. The reason for that is uh, the session will be very, very interactive. Uh, yes, we'll be giving you information on what depression is and how to deal with it. And it will help you in how you handle people because depression is, is something that is experienced by people. And when you work with people, it's important to know how to deal with the different types of people, the different types of personalities, and the way people handle certain, um, you know, um, uh, tragedies in their life. Mm. And so, um, to answer the second question, you don't have to be suffering with depression to be there. Mm. But if you know of someone that's going through depression, it, bring them along. The session's going to be very interactive. They, it's going to sort of be a group therapy. So although it's going to have a lot of information, it's going to be very therapeutic also. So when we, when we come together with, and we realize we are not the only ones going through something, that other people are also going through it, then we're able to hold hands and walk together and find hope in Christ. So what I'm hearing you saying, Cookie, it's not limited to city on a hill. It's limited, you, so people can invite people from work, you can invite 
people from school, kids from school. So, you know, if a kid at school's parents going through depression, you're empowering that kid to be able to help their parents walk a journey. So it's for everyone and anyone that this course is available to. Absolutely. They don't even have to be coming to City on a Hill. They don't even have to be a Christian, for mm. that matter. So it doesn't really matter what their belief system is or where their faith is. But if they can come in and just spend this six weeks with us and just gain some of the knowledge and, yes, um, more than the knowledge is they'll also the seed would be planted and that mm. they would also learn that there is hope in Christ. Amen. As much as the course is uh, based on a lot of uh, psychology, um, but the center of it all is Christ because that's where our hope is. Awesome. Oh, that sounds exciting. So my next person I want to target is Mr. Masters himself. <laughs> and I've got a very deep doctoral <laughs> thesis question for you, Malik. Okay, you're supposed to say, bring it on. <laughs> so Malcolm, I also got a double barrel question for you. So I know the book of Romans was addressed to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Am I correct? Okay, so the question I want to ask you this evening is, firstly, tell us a bit about Paul's letters to the Romans, number one. And the second question is, why was it written? The first one was, tell us a bit about Paul's letter to the Romans. Okay, good evening, everyone. Well, Paul's letter to the Romans is totally different to any of his other letters. Um, the reason for the letters in, in the Bible, um, Paul's letters and, and Peter and the others, was generally to speak into a situation in the local church. Either they were having doctrinal problems or they were having behavioral problems, you know, like the Corinthians, a bunch of uh, charismatic delinquents just going vault. And Paul had to speak specifically into that. And, and just by the way, it's a very, a, very good, um, it's a very good example of learning to read the word in context. Because he says things to the Corinthians that he didn't say to the Galatians. He said things to the Galatians that he never said to the Colossians. And so you could go on. But the reason why Paul wrote Romans, he, he always wanted to go to Rome, and there was a very, a, a very lively church there. But what sets Paul's letter to the Romans completely apart? He never wrote it to address anything in the local church. This is what we would call his magnus opus. This is Paul's, all of his theology. Um, brought into one writing. So it wasn't like a letter correcting something or encouraging uh, a church or whatever. He sat down and over a period of time, um, he put all his thoughts together and all the revelation that he had from God. And, and just to give you a little teaser, you know, Paul spent 14 years in Arabia. He wasn't with the other apostles. And, and one of the outstanding features of Paul's life was, was the incredible revelation that God gave him, way above the rest. I mean, they, they all had revelation. But, but Paul had like revelation on steroids, um, <laughs> with, without a doubt. And what we have in Romans is all of Paul's distilled thinking. And what's wonderful about Romans is that when you get a grasp of it, it covers the whole of the Christian life. And um, as you'll see when we study together, uh, Paul's actually like a lawyer. 
where he builds this case against man who have deeply offended God. And so he, he gives a very clear understanding about this rift and this offense to God. And he actually brings man into the dock, as it were, and proves him absolutely guilty of rebelling against God. Yeah. And so he builds his case up, and then, then, he, then he starts giving the answers, and he shows how only through Christ, only through justification by faith, can anybody um, come to know Christ. And as you know, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And in that letter, I mean, people are still studying that letter. Um, it's just chock-a-block full of, of revelation from starting out uh, what sin is, what salvation is, justification by faith, sanctification, glorification. He covers the entire, the entire Christian um, journey. Mm. You know, in this day and age, there's so much of information on social media. There's so much of information on, on Google about, you know, our relationship with Christ and the Word of God. So, so nothing much has changed since the time uh, the letters were written, you know, to the Romans. So it's important that the church... When I say the church, the ecclesia, the people sitting here, understand the word, understand their purpose. They are solidified in their, um, in their theology, you know. In, and so it's for every single person, whether like in Cookie's case, from a youngster who's been challenged in school about our walk with God and identity and all of that. So you are saying it's for everybody and anyone that can come in and then just be, you know, cemented with the truth as Paul wrote to the, to the Romans. Absolutely. Okay, cool, great stuff. So to Cherie and Murdoch, um, I was reading this little blog or documentary, not, not documentary, but this article by uh, Douglas Wilson. And he says, the family is the foundational institution of society ordained by God. And so my question to you today um, is, um, have you seen a deconstruction in the value of family? So, let, so let's, okay, let's, let's go to my other question, okay? I'll build up now. So you guys minister a lot. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of couples that you have over the years ministered, built family, have spoken to families going through so much that you have just spoken life into their into their marriages, in, into their kids' lives. And so, you know, just drawing from that, you guys ministered to a lot of families. What are the say, you know, main struggles? And I'm sure all of us here that are raising children can identify with some of the struggles that you guys have already spoken life into and brought people through. What are some of the main struggles people are facing today, Cherie? That's your question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see a lot of women that um, struggle in their relationships and they came from a place, especially in their childhood, where they were rejected, abandoned, abused. And from that place, um, they experience intense emotions of shame and um, that they don't, have, they don't have any value um, wow. and fear and, and abandonment. And, and out of that, they, there's a lot of problems. They can feel suicidal. Young children cut themselves. The, young, the 
uh, more the teenagers, the ladies, cut, they cut themselves, and um, even anger in their relationships. Sure, sure. So it's, so it's, it's a lot to do with identity, mm. you know, that they, they bring into their family lives. Mm. Sure. Madak, you want to add? Yeah, something that I really picked up, uh, um, you know, if people come with, just to talk through things, is um, marriage, marriages, is uh, something that comes through very strong uh, divorce, you know, couples that's not as mm. at a good space, um, and going through something, that's something that we picked up uh, a lot, and then also single parenting, uh, how do I do the father's job? Um, and even men, you know, so how do I do the mother's job? Mm -hmm. And single parenting, I, I, um, I know there's one lady that, uh, that, that was a teacher and uh, she had 26 children in her class and 23 of them had single parents, sure. you know, of the 26. So it is a reality and uh, statistics say that 53% uh, of first marriages end on divorce. So it is a reality, you know, so 53% end, end on divorce, uh, many of the rest that's struggling through. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that is a reality. And I also think um, another thing is communication uh, is also a big lack. Yeah. Um, they did a study on a thousand families and saw that they talk to each other between seven and 39 minutes a week sure. um, on average. Wow. And uh, I thought seven, seven to 39 minutes between, <laughs> between the thousand families. And I thought, that doesn't sound right, you know. And then I realized it's in my own house like that. Because you wake up and it's the children, stand up, come on, get ready. Uh, mm. Come and eat your food. And then we rush to work and we're there the whole day, coming back. Everyone's in front of TV, watch the shows, go bath water, go and sleep. Mm. Saturdays, golf, you know, with church, sleep, you know, everything. And, wow. and, and you just don't get connected with each other. Mm. So communication was a, was a big thing. And technology. Uh, everything uh, within your child's reach is five meters around him, you know, and, and, and it absorbs his time, it absorbs his, you know, and, and communication is, is gone because of that. And uh, also just as Sharisa, if I can echo that, just those three questions, who am I, where do I belong, and where I'm going, is a big question in people's hearts, so they, they, they search for, for those things. And uh, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, sometimes in a family, they, uh, children feel loved, but they want to be liked. Mm. You know, they don't just want to be loved, they want to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I think those are the big, big, big rocks that I can think of, of uh, you know, when people come to see us. Uh, I, it's, this is an unplanned question, so I'm going to give it to Murdoch. He <laughs> <laughs> can do it. It's, it's something, it, my daughters today, they made a little bottle with little encouraging letters in it. And one of the things uh, Makaya put in there was, um, I thank you for your opera singing. I just want to let you know I'm the fifth best singer in the house. <laughs> and there's only five people in my family. <laughs> if the dog was rated, I would have been the sixth best singer in my house. <laughs> and she says to me, Thank you for your opera singing. Thank you for your dancing in the house. Thank you for singing the wrong lyrics and calling it creative license, because <laughs> that's what I call it. But it brings freedom to be who I am in the house. And the question I want to ask you, Murdoch, is that I'm hearing Sheree spoke about, you know, women with identity. And so 
so broken parents can raise broken children. Is, is, so we want to fix it. Not fix it, but give the parents the right tools to be able to raise, not whole, completely Christ only can make us whole, but give them the right tools to lead them to Christ so that they can live whole, fulfilled, free lives. Yes. Is that what you're going to discuss in your content as well? Absolutely. Uh, I think um, uh, children want to experience. They want to experience their parents. Uh, um, I, I'm just thinking of that part in Judges 2 verse 10 where the whole nation came. They saw the sea open up. They saw the walls of Jericho fall. They took the promised land. They experienced all those things and they served God. And then one verse later it says, and the next generation stood up. They did wow. not know God and they bowed before Baal. Wow. I said, Lord, how is this possible? Sure. And you know, it was just as if the Lord told me they didn't experience what their parents experienced. Mm. Their parents told them about the God, but they didn't take them to experience the God. They didn't experience the sea open up. They didn't experience walls fall down. They didn't see people. They didn't, you know, so, so I think in your house, your, your daughter is experiencing, you mm. know, uh, 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 things. And I, I think our children need to experience life with us, not yeah. only hear about things, but yeah. have that experience. Wow. And uh, that's what our, our, our parenting is going to be. I think the main mm. focus is going to be on what's the tools that's out there? What, mm. what tools does God give us for certain areas? Um, I mean, dating today with teenagers, what's the tools? What do I do as parents? Mm. Uh, uh, um, things like that, you know, discipline. How, how do we discipline our children? Mm. What's, what's God's heart? And, and many things like that. Yeah. I'm going to ask Cookie the next question, but I want to make a statement. A psychologist once said, and it's based on discipline, an undisciplined child is a child that's grow, that grows up feeling unloved. So if you love somebody enough, you'll discipline them to lead them right down the right path in life. Cookie, my question to you is, so what top topics and aspects of depression will you cover in your, in your course? Okay, the course has six sessions. We start off the first session with uh, what is depression and what are the different types of depression. Um, and every session will be, end, will be ending with um, the Word of God and a time of ministry. And then we come to session two where we talk about um, depression, the symptoms, signs, warning signs, um, how, do you how do people experience depression, and session three talks about depression and suicide. Um, is it possible also to have depression and anxiety at the same time? Um, session four talks about what are the causes and risk factors of depression. Session six talks about, um, sorry, session five talks about what does the Bible say about depression? Mm. And uh, then the last session gives us um, on how to cope mm. and some of the strategies that we could use in dealing with depression. Mm. I think the word depression gets thrown around very freely these days. I mean, you have a sad day and the kids come home and say, I'm so depressed. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, there's a huge difference between being sad and being depressed. So I think attending those sessions, people can really see the difference. You know, between being depressed or having a bad day or feeling sad or I'm just not in the mood, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Cooks. Uh, Malcolm, how will we benefit from studying Romans? Well, 
let me preface that by saying Romans has greatly affected some of the, the great, great people we know. Uh, Martin Luther, for instance, uh, got radically saved by the one verse in Scripture, the just shall live by faith. Mm. And that, that was the man who um, led the Reformation. Uh, when it finally dawned on him, there's nothing he can do about his salvation. It's all about Jesus, and it's all about being justified by Jesus. Oops. No. I'm still there. Um, John Calvin, another great reformer, was greatly influenced by, by um, reading Romans. St. Augustine, the great African bishop that people have fed off for so many years with his deep theology, was deeply um, impressed uh, with the book of Romans. And so to bring it down to us, you would say, well, that, that kind of got all these big wigs all um, sorted, but the wonderful thing about Romans is that it's a journey of faith. And if you and I journey through Romans, not only will you be given handles on all the major doctrines of our faith, but it, it, it will equip you to share your faith. Many years ago, uh, Derek Prince um, developed the Roman road of salvation as simply taking um, a, an unbeliever or a new believer through several texts in Romans and lead them to salvation. So Romans does more than that. It just it gives you the, the whole makeup of the Christian life. And, and one of the most exciting parts is when you get to chapter 8, um, I mean, you could spend weeks on just chapter 8, yeah. but Paul starts talking about life in the Spirit. He talks about things like praying in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? What does it mean to walk in step with the Spirit? So for me, what's very exciting is if you commit yourself to a study on Romans, it, it is going to thoroughly equip you for your own journey, and it's going to thoroughly equip you to share your faith with confidence. Because you can share out of, um, out of Romans the solid, solid book on, about God. In fact, Romans is, it is the gospel from the beginning to the end. It's all about the gospel and ab about the nature of God, the nature of Jesus, the power of the cross. Everything's there. So for me, it, it'll just be the most enriching experience um, to go through it. Number one, for yourselves to be built up and to be edified and to grow in your faith, but also to be equipped to share your faith and build others up. It sounds like Romans is a, a teacher's feast table. Absolutely. Eh? Absolutely. You just want to prepare and feed the people. I'm yeah. excited. Thanks, Malcolm. Genesis, from the beginning, God instituted families. And he instituted by saying to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And so he set families in motion from the book of Genesis. So today in your experience, um, have you seen a deconstruction in the value of families? Well, the things that just comes to mind when I think of that is um, young people, if we, look, if we look around in the world and even 
much more Europe and those places, but also strongly coming to us as, as young people staying together and they, they, they're not getting married. Um, and that creates many times children being born out of wedlock and they, those children walking around with their life labeled, I was an accident, I don't belong, I shouldn't be here, I'm in the way. And, and it's not, you know, the, the enemy knows that and he drives that in their life. And somewhere they need to, to just find God in, in that space, you know. So I would say that is a problem. And the other thing also, 1965, 10 to 20% of mothers worked. Today, 80 to 90% of mothers work. So when a baby comes into the world, he has three needs. Is there someone that will love me? Someone that will nurture me? Someone that will protect me? God has placed a mother there in a baby's life because that comes natural for a woman. But, and I'm not condemning wives today. Please hear my heart. This is not condemning. I'm just saying the enemy has, has changed the, the economy, world of economy, and, and things that it's almost women need to work as well to just help. And uh, that just creates family problems. Mm. You know, for children who misses a great part, I call it the loving stage of their lives, where, where the mother should be. And then when children hit the teenagers, uh, the fathers are so busy with their work and climbing the corporate ladders and, and that they aren't there. And that's when, when, when teenagers, you know, uh, 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 the, the tree grows up, you know, the, they, the, 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 the boy is becoming a man. You know, he wants a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. And a father is there to, to, to fulfill that place in the, in the son's life, you know, and to journey with him and teach him the way of a warrior. You know, and, and even in a woman, am I beautiful enough and will I belong? And just for a father to be there and just fulfill that need in his, in his daughter's life. So, so we, we see many times in the society where we live that those things, I don't know if I can say, it's, 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 it's territory that needs to be taken back. <laughs> you know, that, that many of those things got lost somewhere in, in, in society. Mm. And yeah, so I definitely think, uh, yeah. I remember when one of my daughters was very young, she said to me, she doesn't want to get married, but she wants to adopt a child. I said, never, <laughs> never. I said, a child needs both its mother and its father to raise it because... A boy needs his father to teach him how to love his wife. And a girl needs his mother to teach it how to honor their husband. So you can't be mommy and daddy. So unfortunately, if you want to have a child, you're going to have to get married. So it's so integral to have. And, and yes, we do have single homes and mommies are braving it out there. I take my hats off to those single mommies because they are braving it and they're raising some really honorable men and women in the kingdom. So, but it's difficult and it's not done without the Holy Spirit. So he, he fills the roles where it's lacking. So my next question would be to... To cookie. Oh, yes, go for it. With pleasure, go for it. <laughs> Taking liberties. <laughs> um, just on that, the Lord has just been speaking to me about that scripture that says um, he puts the lonely in families. Mm. And that, that is what the local church is supposed to bring 
to those those um, fatherless household. You know that we, as a local church, is supposed to bring fathers to those who don't have fathers, mm. to bring mothers to those that don't have mothers, Absolutely. and that is why the family of God, the local church, is so important. Yeah. That we are are stepping in and being that yeah. um, for those that don't have that. So. Yeah, so true, so so true. So, Cookie, are there tools to help identify? A depression in others in your course content. Okay, um, <clears throat> just a little background. Um, depression must be diagnosed by a professional, either a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, they usually use the diagnostic criteria to do that, and they use some assessment tools. So the one assessment tool that they do use is the BDI, which is your Beck de Depression Inventory. And then they use the CDI for children, which is the Children's Depression Inventory uh, from 7 to 17 years old. Um, as parents, as teachers, as family, all we can do is look for signs and symptoms. We cannot diagnose. So during um, the, 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 the sessions, you will um, learn how to identify some of those signs and symptoms. That does not mean that your child or your family member suffers from depression. Mm -hmm. That just means that you need to look deeper and take them to uh, a professional who will administer those tools and find out if they are suffering from depression or not. Thanks, Cook. Mally, your course content, is it really deep stuff that we need to go mining or is it for the layman to come in and and they would understand your course content? I think the mining is done already. I am <laughs> 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 um, very confident that anybody, even teenagers, could come to this class mm. and they would learn a tremendous amount through Romans. The other nice thing is we'll be in the environment where we can ask questions and where we can discuss things, things that may, may be difficult to comprehend. It's, it's a perfect setting to, to, to talk these things through and to mull over them. But yeah, the mining has been done. Uh, hopefully we'll bring you the gems and uh, the nuggets and, and lead you into a place where you, where you yourself will fall in love with the word and fall in love with Mm. with, with um, getting revelation for yourself and God speaking um, through his word to you. Okay, so you're not going to be like a mother bird feeding her little nestling there. <laughs> no, we, we'll, we'll feed and we'll kick out the nest a bit. And then it's interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Murdoch and Cherie, how would you describe a healthy family? A healthy family for me is not a family that don't have struggles, strife, or rebellious children, but a healthy family for me is a family that don't give up on one another. Oh, they, they, um, they admit that they have problems and they choose to forgive one another, to say they are sorry, and to work through their problems and to choose to love one another no matter what. Um, a testimony out of our lives <clears throat> Last year, the twins went on a gap year for Christ, and one of the rules there was that they're not allowed to have any alcohol on any, in any place or with the, with the, the, um, the people that they, they're doing the, the course. And they were, the 
whole lot of them were catched out and they had to come to us and admit that they've done that and it was really a, a big thing for them so they came and and um, afterwards I, I told him that no matter what he did we will still love him mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter and he had tears in his eyes I could see that it's really important for the children to know that no matter what they do mm. that we really love them oh, so good we have in our house family intervention if someone's spending too much time on Facebook, family meeting or an intervention. <laughs> so <laughs> we hold each other accountable. So there's no perfect family. We only serve a perfect God. So somebody said to me, when are, when are we going to ever have perfect children? And I said to them, when you're perfect parents. Wow. <laughs> so, so, Cookie, leading into the next question, why would you say it's important for people to attend this course? It's important because if we look at the statistics today and we look around us, um, so many people are suffering from depression and not just out there in the world, right here in the church. Yeah. We have people that suffer from depression. They're just living lives of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you come um, or you attend these sessions, um, you would learn that you're not alone, number one. And, um, you know, um, there's so much of stigma mm. uh, uh, attached to depression. And that's what we want to get out, to say, you know what, um, if we look at a lot of the, the characters in the Bible, a lot of, uh, um, you know, like Albert Einstein mm. and those guys, they all had suffered from depression. Mm. So it's, it's not something that you should name yourself by and shame yourself by. Mm. Uh, and this session is there to say, you know what, guys, there's a way out. And there's a hope, and mm. that hope is Jesus. Amen. And, you know, the first thing you learn when you're studying uh, psychology is that you don't bring God into any of your counseling sessions. And um, after I had done my, uh, my degree, I said to myself, the only thing I'm going to bring in is God. Mm. Because <laughs> um, you use the knowledge that you gain from your studies, but you apply the, the, you apply the word of God to be able to deal with those issues. And with this um, course, um, we're going to talk about um, the psychological issues, but we're definitely going to dig deep into um, how to find your hope in God mm -hmm. and how to move forward from where you are right now. So it's really important if you want to be uh, someone that's there to encourage others in your walk, come and learn how to do that. Um, if you have family members, uh, you know, suffering from depression, uh, come and learn how to deal with it and bring them along so that they could also learn mm -hmm. on how to find their hope in Christ. Yeah. You can see it in the Bible. I always say David is a woe is me kind of man, he, but he always ended up glorifying it, uh, glorifying God. And then you got Jonah sits underneath the tree and he moans after God delivers Nineveh and he goes into a depressive state. And then I, I mentioned earlier on Elijah, but not Albert Einstein, okay? Albert Einstein's not in the Bible. Just <laughs> and some of the most famous artists, the guy that cut off his ear, what's his name? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. I mean, he was really depressed. So yes, it's rife. Hearing some of the stories in school, kids that are you know, the teenagers, they are, you know, going for counseling. And so it's rife 
it's not only for people that are struggling with depression, it's people, it helps you, um, the course helps you identify, you know, if your kids are going through those states. So I'm not going to be the only one asking questions tonight. Tonight is your moment to shine. So does anybody in the audience have any questions based on the content that was discussed? Don't be shy. Here we go. Let me get the mic to you. Well, Billy, can you help me? Thank you. Okay, this one is for Murdoch and Cherie. Um, um, growing up as a child, um, we're never really taught how to express ourselves, especially as a, a black child. So um, you get to a certain age and you're dealing with problems and you don't know how to speak to your parents about it. Sometimes um, when you do say something, um, they feel like you are disrespecting them. So um, how would you advise someone like me to um, speak to your parents, but um, um, it shouldn't seem disrespectful? <laughs> Jesus help. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely yes i think there, there is a um there is a i would i would rather say honor or dishonor um honoring your parents is i mean it, it must be there so um but maybe from a from a from a parent side first i would say you can you can you can control or you can um, rule in your house. Control is when you've got um, not a lot of love, but a lot of discipline. So when your ch child comes to you, you are controlling. And this is how it is, and this is right. Sorry, I'm stronger than you, I'm gonna win this battle. You know, so you stay quiet, you're a child, you're gonna win that thing. So what happens in a child is you can call it internal rebellion. Because many times a child in that situation would say, I'm sitting down, but inside I'm standing up. <laughs> you know, and um, that can create two things in a child. And both are rooted in the tree of pride. It can create self-elevation or self-pity. So you can go into self-pity and say, I'm nothing, I give up, I'm useless, and then you can go in to wrong friends, alcohol, your school points will start dropping off, or you can go in self-elevation. I will make it. Mm. I will be someone. I will show you. Mm. I'll make it. And you can become performance-driven, and you can become a survivor and, um, and, 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 and elevate, want to elevate yourself to prove something. So that's the two risks that can happen. But I think... If you ask me, I would say in that case, if you, if, if, you, if you know Jesus, I think you must go to the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you say in this situation? Who am I? Lord, say to me, Lord, speak to me in this situation because you did not receive it from your parents. So you must get it somewhere. You must let it out somewhere to, to someone. And the best place first to do what David did. He spoke to the Lord and, and the Lord spoke to him. And uh, yeah, and then 
obviously get help if it's necessary, if it grows really to a point. Uh, uh, um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Or if it's a good, <laughs> good answer. I don't know, maybe Sheree, you want to add something or you can. <laughs> like. Thank you so much. Uh, Cookie, I just want to find out that uh, is there any difference between the, someone who is in the depressions or uh, someone who has um, an anger issues? Is it a, the same thing or is it a different thing? Okay, um, a person who's going through depression can have anger issues, um, but uh, a person who has anger issues doesn't necessarily have depression. So, um, yeah, there's depression, there's so many other symptoms that you need to look into. A person who's hopeless, who doesn't have any uh, faith in himself, who, who doesn't see a future for himself, has suicidal thoughts, and yeah, anger can be part of that, but not necessarily a person that's just going through having anger issues. So, yeah, I also have a cause for anger issues. <laughs> Evening, guys. Uh, I wanted to ask Cherry and Medoc a question. My question is on um, kids over the age of 18, not yet, not yet independent, spirit-filled, loving God, born again, but we have issues with alcohol consumption. Every time when you say Let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about how to live a Christ-like life and alcohol. We have they have so many verses to say, but the Bible says this. The Bible does not give us the, the measurements. The Bible does not say do not consume. The Bible say do not get drunk, and it's a serious issue. Thank you very much. I think it's really important for that child to realize that he or she has a problem. If you don't realize you have a problem, you can't fix that. So I think for a parent, you need to pray. You need to pray that that, 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 that child will come to a place where he will admit that he has a problem because then we can help him. But God can do miracles as well. Yeah, and the thing is, I also think that that child must also feel safe to be able to come to you. Uh, that you will be a place of safety for him always to come back and not feel condemned, um, but rather feel um, loved. Um, um, because many times, um, you know, when we always shun him, tell him, why are you doing this? And you're not a good child and we are Christian house and we never raised you like this. And then he wants to run away from that instead of, 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 of running towards that. And it can happen that he builds a wall around his heart. And that, that makes, again, that love can't come in and love can't come out. And it creates a thing between you and him because this thing is in the way. Uh, um, so I, I think it's good to always have a loving environment, um, you know, that unconditional love um, towards your child. Um, so that, w you know, when the prodigal son sat with the pigs and he came home, the father embraced him. 
You know, he gave him a new, a new cloak, a, a, a mantle, new shoes, put a ring on his fingers. He didn't condemn and say, yeah, yes, my son, I did, wasted my money. And, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, now you work like a servant. I embraced his child. And I think it's important for a child to know that it's always a loving place to go back to. And through your love and acceptance, um, you know, you can, you can guide your child. Um, just on that, I don't know if he he has a, a dad in the picture, um, but if not, then then to trust the Lord just for a male figure. Um, sorry, if it is your, your son, um, for a male figure that can can bring mentorship in in that as well, that would maybe be helpful. And maybe have your son to go if if he's if he's willing um, to see someone can also help him through because he's probably got some wounds in his heart and he, he needs to s deal with so certain mm. things in his life mm. probably and it can be good for him to go see someone that can help him work through through those things as well okay thank you um on that issue of the alcohol i just want to uh, find um, out um about the alcohol when you are a christian is it that alcohol calls are allowed a person to drink alcohol where is a, a Christians? And then uh, the, um, when you are a Christian trying to uh, talk to someone who's not a Christian and telling someone that uh, drinking an alcohol is it's not fine, they will uh, go back and then tell you about the scripture in the Bible saying uh, Jesus has turned the water into the alcohol. How do we, because really this is, is a burning yeah. issue as yeah. other Christians when you try to explain it to them. Because we don't know, because they think that they said no. Uh, Jesus turned the, the water to alcohol so that the people must be happy. So that, that means we have to drink alcohol so that you must yes, be happy yes. even if you have a Christian. Mary, so I maybe can, can you explain you can that give us, to us? Give us the, the, the just I think that there are so many scriptural rea realities which I think he's going to touch on for us. Okay, what people don't actually realize, um, it, it is absolutely correct. Drink is not forbidden. Drunkenness uh, is forbidden. <laughs> but what people don't actually realize that when, the, because the, the, the Bible talks mainly about wine. It doesn't talk about vodka and brandy and, and cane. The, the wine was generally diluted seven parts of water to a third of the wine. So the wine is very innocent, if I can put it that way. And people don't realize that, that, that in that day, they, that, that was their practice. And that's why when Jesus talks, for, for argument's sake, in, um, in Revelation, when he talks about full-bodied wrath, they would understand full bodied wine. So in a way, the Bible was saying, don't have full-bodied wine because that is really alcoholic and you are going to get drunk. But the practice was definitely um, diluted wine and people don't always realize that. And on the, on, on the conscious side, I think that Christians need to just be careful. If, if they have the liberty to have a glass of wine, they need to just be careful where they're having it and what company they're at. And, and, and the Bible's very clear about that directive as well. I also have a course on alcohol and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to say is that um, with alcohol and drugs, 
it actually alters the state of your mind, meaning that your thinking capacity has been reduced. And so how would you then uh, be able to think and behave in the manner in which God calls us to behave? So the moment you take in any alcohol or any drugs, even the legalized ones, it immediately alters the state of your mind and your thinking capacity. Yeah, and so I think also with, with all of these realities of, of the world that we live in, some of the things that we struggle with, I think something that we, we don't necessarily always are, are as aware of is the, the reality of, of the spiritual aspects that are at, at work. There is a very real enemy, and there's also a very real reality that he wants to kill, steal, and to destroy. And the world is always pushing us in that direction, away from God, and towards anything that's really going to lead you away from, from a, a living a, a life that is, that is filled with God's presence, that's filled with the knowledge of who He is, and that also expresses that. And as believers, I think, you know, we need to be uh, aware of our testimony. And, and one of the sessions we're actually going to be doing on the 22nd of May, we're going to have Bruce McAlpine with us uh, that evening. And he's going to speak to us around um, just our spiritual authority. And, and, and he's going to touch on a little bit of the spiritual realm aspects. Um, they minister into a lot of different um, contexts in, in South America. And I think a lot of times in the body of Christ and in the world that we live in, we, we do not necessarily know how to, how to discern correctly what those influences are. And so someone might have a, a drinking problem or an anger or depression problem or any of these issues that we're having. And, and the root of it is actually um, based in, in, uh, in the spiritual aspects. And, and so for some of us, you know, if it's become more of a reality even in our, in our day and age where we are seeing even manifestations and people are struggling in different areas. And we're trusting that on the 22nd when Bruce is here, that, that he would give us a, help us to, to give, a, give us a biblical understanding, but also give us the tools that we would need as we would walk out, because I think something that Murdoch touched on that is, is actually, it's so important, I think it's undervalued in our, in our Christian society, is this very deep and significant word called repentance, yeah. where he spoke about this pride, the pride tree, it either takes me to self-pity or it takes me to self-elevation. Mm. And, and for us, when I'm, when I'm struggling with anything, in every aspect, when I see that something in my behavior, in my thinking, my actions, uh, my heart attitude uh, is contrary to what God has revealed and contrary to, to what God is, um, as is leading us into, we need to do this thing called repentance which means we're turning away. We're, we're not going to stand. We're not going to allow those things in our lives. And I really believe God's going to help us to, to recognize that, to walk free, and also then to band around one another so that we could re remove a bit of the stigma of the pain, some of the, the challenges that we sometimes face because we feel like we're alone or, or, or you know, we, I can't believe I struggle with this. Mm -hmm. But when we bring those things out into the light, God, Jesus says that we, we confess our sins or our struggles yeah. to one another we will be, be healed. And so I'm really excited just about something of these, some of these sessions. Amen. Amen. Any more questions? We've got a... There we go. Two hands. <laughs> Sorry. Ding, 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 ding. Go, go, go. Thank you. Okay. Auntie Cookie, this question is for you. So I've heard a lot of Christians kind of shun psychology in its 
like entirety because of its apparent like kind of relation to new age and stuff like that. So how, wait, what is the question actually? So how do we apply the good of the psychology to our lives as Christians who want to stay away from anything that leads us away from God in a subtle way? Okay, I think um, the most important thing is that, um, like I've said, I take um, the knowledge gained from all the different um, theories of psychology and all the different, um, you know, um, uh, books on psychology and what, whatever literature there is, and I then look at what does the word say, and then you, you, you take some of the methods on how to deal with certain issues and some of the, the, the knowledge, and then you take what does the word say. You look for what does the word say. Now, like the course on depression itself, um, there's a lot of psychology in it, but if you go to every single session, there's a word um, from, 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 from the Bible, and then we look at God, how would you like me to deal with certain issues? Or how can I assist? Um, you know, um, but m most importantly, be led by the Holy Spirit. So you never leave the Holy Spirit out of anything. Mm. So yeah, the, we, there's a lot of things we learned, the different theories that we learned in psychology. Some of them, I was like, oh my word. Uh, but then I said, okay, you look at it, you look at it you learn it for that uh, particular exam, uh, but then you go to, you, you, you learn a lot of the, the different ways in which you deal with people. You learn to understand that everybody's different. We all have different personalities. And then you say, okay, how do I deal with a person who has a specific personality disorder? And then, but you don't just deal with it with the, with the knowledge that you learn, but deal with it led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And you search the scriptures. Because if you search the word, you will find a word for everything that we go through. Yeah. Because um, God has already covered everything. Yeah. We look at, uh, uh, you know, some of the illnesses and some of the sicknesses that we go through, the mental disorders that we go through, uh, some of the pain that we go through, but it's already covered in the Bible. Amen. So all you need to do is search the word and apply the word as you use the different techniques and the different, um, you know, theories that you learned in terms yeah. of applying it. Yeah, you know, I just want to quickly add on that because at the end of the day, it's Jesus, the wonderful counselor. Yes. Amen. And if Jesus sets you free, you are truly free. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. we are just facilitators. And exactly what Kukia says, we facilitators with God-given tools mm. to help a person to a place where they can hear God's voice and where the Father can pour His love and His salvation on them and they can be set free and He can bring His identity and what He say, says about the person can come in and, and it can be changed with what the world says or what they believe. You, you know, uh, um, so yes, that, that's true. We just facilitate this. It's mm. Jesus that does. He's the he's the counselor. <laughs> he's the the big uh, what the psychologist. psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the questions. This is a very very helpful. Um, I think some of the stuff that you've discussed can be discussed in the sessions. Um, and then you are free to ask questions. I think it's going to be interactive. All of the sessions are interactive. So come with your questions. Uh, I'm certain they'll have 90% of the answers. If they don't, 
then they'll be led by the Holy Spirit, undoubtedly. So any closing remarks from you, uh, Gareth and Ainsley? Yeah, I think first of all, I think it, it, this is a helpful tool. And, I, and this is the purpose of these Equipment and Power Sunday nights and why we're doing them every time. It's because we wanted to create a platform for people to come to be equipped and empowered. So we equip one another and we're empowering one another to, uh, to live this. And it also is an opportunity for us to equip and empower the body. And so um, I want to encourage us that we would be in inviting our friends and family members uh, to this, if you, if you would like to, uh, you know, attend, like we've said, we, we don't have a particular, you know, you don't have to register for the different things, but it would be helpful for us to know how many people are thinking about going to the Romans or depression or, or something of our interactive um, family sessions, uh, just so that we can prepare for, for that. And so I want to ask you that you can just text the, the, the church telephone number, I think it is on the screen, or they can put it up for us. Um, just say, you don't have to say your name or anything. You can just say depression or, um, you know, Romans or family, and then we'll at least have a little bit of an idea of who, who will be coming. And uh, I really believe it's going to be a, an impactful time. I want to encourage us to prioritize it, to invite our friends and family. And as he as also said, that it's open to everybody. We've been inviting some of our friends and connections we have in other churches. And we're trusting even into the, the future to begin to open the platform even a, a little bit wider where some of our other brothers and sisters in Christ in our city that are experts in their particular areas or fields to, to bring them in and to create an opportunity for us to grow. Anything else? Yeah? One last question. So I'm so torn. <laughs> At this point in time, I don't know which one to go for. So can we chop and change? Or we, if I choose to go for Romans for the full period of time, I must stick with Mali. Or are we going to have an opportunity to, you know, attend the depression depending on the course and, you know, depending on what the course content for that week is it attend um, Sharia and Murdochs or Romans or... <clears throat> well, if you come to me, you'll get all of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you cover everything. The word covers everything. <laughs> yeah, I think the cause of depression, you would have to do the whole six weeks um, because of its... Um, uh, therapeutic nature mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah it would be good to start uh, with the first session and try not to miss any sessions um, because it's also very interactive meaning um, you'll be also uh, you know given an opportunity to share and um, yeah to deal with issues and feelings and there'll be ministry so very very interactive so I think uh, with depression if you Coming for depression, you have to stick through the six mm. weeks. Murdoch and Shuri? Well, I think ours is going to be very topic-related, mm -hmm. so it's not stuff that's going to follow on to each other, but uh, so I don't want to box it. I mean, um, you guys can say, but um, I think maybe it's good that when you decide on something, go through that, um, and uh, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. but I mean... Yeah, yeah. Just, just with the family track, um, every week we will send out, like next Sunday, I've got a lady, um, a single mom, who's gonna, who has raised two beautiful girls, to need, well, to need, um, yeah, that, yeah, you know who I'm talking about, but just single mom, and then I'm wanting to um, 
yeah, just get maybe a, 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 other, other families to share. So we'll send it out. Like this week, we're going to have this, this week. But the Romans will be chapter by chapter, and then the depression will be one whole course. So, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. So, guys, you would pay thousands and thousands of rand to attend any one of these sessions. But here, the church is making it available. The eldership is making it available to you, to your friends, to people at work. So don't be shy. Bring them all lock, stock, and barrel. And, and here we have the tools available to lead them into freedom, to lead them to success, to lead them into healthier family living. So uh, thank you for tonight. We appreciate you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message from City on a Hill Church International. For more content and ways to connect, visit www.coah.co.za. Thanks for listening.